0: I know that God wants to speak to us today and uh, let's, let's ask him to talk to us. Let's open up the word and let's just invite him to speak. Right where you are, would you just invite him to speak to you in the way that you need it? How do you need God to speak to you today? Tell him. Tell him. Father, we each need, we need everything, God. And if you don't give it to us, Father, we really don't have much. Lord, I'm asking that you would speak to everyone in this room the way that they need it. And Lord, I know that it is your heart to actually do that. Father, speak to us now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Yo, if you got your Bibles, um, turn to uh, Galatians 3. And as you turn to Galatians 3, we're gonna talk about a a few verses today. But before we do that, I wanna pause on this day where we celebrate Good Friday. We celebrate Palm Sunday. We celebrate the triumphal entry of our King, Jesus And listen to what happens on that day before he's crucified, after he's done all this ministry, he's healed people, he's seen the sick healed, he's seen the dead raised. People are flooding because they're like, the Messiah is here, the king has come. Check out what what he says or what happens. After he is sitting on this donkey, he's riding into town, all these people are crowding and it says in Luke chapter 19, it says, and when he drew near... And he saw the city, he wept over it, saying, would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. One thing, guys, I I love the humanity of Jesus. I, I just love the person that God is, that he's able to weep. In what he hopes for people to experience, he doesn't look at them in shame and be like, you should really have got it by now. I was here long enough. I was here years with you and you don't get it. He looked out over the city and he was brokenhearted and he began to weep. He said, man, if you just knew peace, if your eyes had just been open and seen, this wouldn't have to happen this way, but it's gotta happen this way, so I'll go. Weeping. Can you imagine the king, the, the one who created everything in the body of Jesus, going down this road and weeping his eyes out as he looks over the people that he loves so much? Many of the ones who will later yell, crucify him. That's Jesus that we're here celebrating today. You know, last week, I, want, I always want to be um, very clear in my communication. Sometimes I don't, I don't get it all right. And sometimes I bring my humanity into Jesus' humanity. And at the end of my message last week, I, uh, I said how Jesus faced his fear. I used the word fear. I don't think I did well. I don't think I did that well. And when I went back and I looked, really dove into that scripture, I don't believe fear is what Jesus is experiencing. Because fear would be the reality that he wasn't trusting in perfect love of his father. But it does say that he looked forward into that circumstance of what's heading his way and there's dread. (laughs) There's like, I see the future and I know what's about to happen. I know everything that's about to happen and it's gonna be hard, but I'm not afraid of it because I trust my father who loves me perfectly. But he still goes into the garden expressing his desire to be released from this call in his life. But fear is not a good word. You see, he never succumbed to fear, but he did have dread, and he went full bore into it as he trusted the loving Father perfectly. And I don't know about you, but for me, many times, I look at the dread of what's coming as we talked about, hey, guys, you've been set free, so serve somebody else, right? <laughs> don't use it to for yourself, but serve one another, right? Anybody just look forward to that and with some dread? You're like, I don't know that I have any more margin, I, I don't know when I have time to actually care for anybody else because I can't care for myself. Any right now, experience as Jesus looks forward into the dread of that call, and now you have a decision. Some of us will begin to succumb to fear as we speak to the curses over our life and we say, I don't have what it takes. I'm not enough. God surely hasn't called me. Maybe he called Jay. I don't, if, if God gave me what, more money and maybe I could get, if, I ha, if you go down into all the things that you don't have versus the perfect love of the father who's been poured out upon you to go. Now by faith, we move trusting our father who loves us perfectly through the person of Jesus. Come on now. But now we get to experience, guys. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not just hearing a message anymore. I get to experience the message of what Jesus experienced. And I invite you into the experience because it is both wonderful and terrible. <laughs> but his, his comfort, man, is his presence in the midst of it. And you will see the blessing for your own life, but you'll see the blessing for others. And you'll see it extended. I just want to invite you into the life of Jesus that you're invited to actually walk. You were made for this. So would you move? But I want to let you know, guys, listen, check what I say. Sounds good, but sometimes I miss it. And I'll just be the first one to say, I think I missed it last week a little bit, but that's okay. Let's, let's keep going in, in uh, Galatians 3, verse 10 through 14, and I want to focus in on the cross today. I want to focus in on the cross, and I wanna, I'll, I'll paint pictures for us today that I hope we understand, I hope we get. But Galatians 3, verse 10 through 14, let's read this together. And I'm going to read from the KJV today. It's the King James Version. There's different versions but I'm reading from this because I just like some of the words that it uses. It says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continues, not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man, listen, is justified by the law in the sight of God it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith. That's a B state. The law is not of faith. But the man that doeth them shall live in them. That means if you're going to live and you want to say this is how you get life, well, then do it, and then you're going to surely live. If you can do all of it, then you'll live just fine. But if you miss it, cursed are you. Verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. See, I feel cursed in the room today. Let this sink in today. He became a curse for who? What's that word? Speak it out loud. Us. Can you say me? Me? He became a curse for me. It means if you're in Christ, that curse was done with. Some of y'all think you got generational curses on your life. If you're in Christ, no, you do not. Those are done, finished. I I hear a lot about that today. When you come into Christ, the curse is canceled. You receive the blessing. You don't live on a curse anymore. Those are done. Don't receive that anymore. Let them go. Be free to then walk in faith in Jesus. All right, he's cursed for us. Let's keep going. For it is written, this is the middle of verse 13. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, We're going to to find that in the scripture. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Father, there is a lot in this passage, and I pray you would make it plain to our eyes to see. Thank you for promising to do that through the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul uses some serious language in this passage and we're going to break down each one of those verses so we understand it. But listen, he's come to a group of people who have received the Holy Spirit and then somebody showed up and they said, hey, look, that's such an easy gospel, you know, and Jesus isn't really everything. You see, Jesus saves you, but then you've got to like do some things for you to stay okay with God. So Paul comes back in and he says, look, If you wanna try to do the stuff to get right with God, you better continue in it to be okay with God. But how many of y'all have done everything perfect and if you haven't done it perfect, then you're not well, you're actually under the curse. Anybody feel cursed in the room? I know some of us do. I went to church my whole life and I felt like I was the only one under the curse. I was like, bro, I've said all the right prayers, I've done all the right things and I just don't, I don't feel nothing. I think I'm the only one who doesn't get this, you know? And I can't wait, uh, Tate, I can't wait for you to share your testimony, man. I can't wait for people to hear. Because I'm sitting, I'm going to break, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to spoil some things. I'm sitting at dinner with you, and you have, you've gone in and out, like heard messages, done all the things, and you come to God, and he starts telling me, he just comes and he's like, look, I don't have any more words to tell you, the magic prayers that they tell me to pray, like I don't know, Right? right? And you're just like, I want to believe, but like, a, I don't know. So just do it, <laughs> right? Right? Pretty much. And you said what you experienced was peace that came upon you because he answered faithfully. And maybe today, if you feel that you're just under a curse and you haven't said the magic words, you don't have to have magic words. Just call out to Jesus and he wants to save you. It's, it's like in his heart to do it. And when you just let him save you, like you, it, he comes upon you. <laughs> It's the best way I can say it. Sitting with you is such a blessing, man. And it reminded me of me because, man, I needed grace when I came to Jesus, y'all. How many of y'all just got the got the message? You heard about Jesus, you were like, "Yo, he's talking to me." Like my life is a wreck, and you just come full circle. You come, you're like, "I need grace. I need forgiveness." You know, anybody? And you you get an experience with him, and it's amazing. And then how many of you go into this, and then you're like, "I'm gonna." Do this thing now. And you start living the best you can, only to find that you begin to get a little discouraged. Anybody? And you go, maybe I didn't get it. Right? But how many of us forgot that just like the very first day that we received grace, we needed grace the third and the fourth and the fifth and then five years later and six years later, the same grace that saved you. is the same grace we walk in today. You never get to walk out of it. And some of us have this idea of salvation as like you get grace in the moment, but then you're gonna now strive for the rest of your life, beating your life up to get somewhere where you need to get. Favor with God. Listen to what he says in uh, Colossians. Colossians 2.6. It says, Paul says this, <clears throat> As ye have therefore received Jesus Christ, so walk in him. So walk in him. Do you know what this means? Just the day that you came to faith in Jesus, you never get to leave that moment. Stay right there. Never leave the reality that was just by grace. So day three, when you wake up, you're like, man, I I just don't feel as alive. By faith, receive it because you are. The promise is yours. Have it. Day four, year four, year 20. Just like you received him, wake up, year 20. I'm gonna walk in him. Man, you know what? why I go to work today? Because I get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's go. He's got a call on my life. I know it's gonna be awesome. Just like you received him in grace, you never get to leave grace. Walk in it every step of the way. This is what will keep you fueled and ready to go. So, Let's let's break this down just, just a little bit. Verse, let's break this down. Verse 10, here we go. In verse 10, it says, For as many of you, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continues not in all the things that are written in the book of the law to do them. In Deuteronomy 27, he's referring back to the Old Testament. Here's what happened in Deuteronomy 27. God gives the law to the nation of Israel, and then he breaks the the tribes up, and he puts them on two opposite mountains. Very strange, you can go read it. And on one mountain, he tells all the tribes, I want you to pronounce a curse to anyone who does not do all of these things. And he begins to list all the stuff that they have to do. And so they go up on this mountain, and they all together shout, Cursed is the one who doesn't do this and doesn't do this and obey their parents and and commit adultery and doesn't do this and doesn't do this. And on the other mountain, they put them over there and they say, pronounce a blessing to anyone who does all of these things. So God is painting this picture. And I think this is where some of us live in We're in this crowd. Can you imagine being in the crowd? And you're like, cursed is everyone who doesn't do this and this and this. And you begin to think about the life you've lived. And you start going, well, shoot. (laughs) Should I want to say this? (laughs) And on the other side, you begin to pronounce blessing for everybody who does this and this and this. And you think about all the times that you haven't done this and this and this. How can I, what can I do? Can I do anything? And I believe as we come sometimes into the fellowship of believers, we can get into that mentality, man. I'm the only one that's not doing this perfectly. Or I've been in the other side where I begin to do it better than a lot of people. So I say, man, I'm, I'm the blessed one and y'all need to step it on up, you know? Anybody ever get there? I want to re- I want to uh, I want to show you a couple illustrations for this, verse eleven. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It's evident the just shall live by faith. Everybody, uh, if you've not been here the past couple of weeks, I had a couple illustrations. And if you have been here, that word justified is a is a word a court term, and it means uh, for evidence to be submitted. And a verdict to be said. Nobody gets justified by the works that they perform. When we live life, we do certain things, and the more you live, you just get experiences that begin to weigh down your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? I live life, and I get just heavy experience. And you try to fix your life up and you try to make it better only to find that it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Anybody tried to fix a relationship before? A marriage before? And all the stuff you try to perform and accomplish and do and it's not quite enough, it's just not enough. And he says, you will experience a curse in your life the more you try to do the things to get right. You will experience a curse. You will experience not life, it will be death to you. It'll drain the life from you. The only way out of the curse is by faith. I'm losing faith in myself, and I'm putting faith in the one who could actually save. This is what justification means. And some of us need to receive this message for ourselves. When Jesus Christ said, I come and I'm going to bring all the evidence you need. I'm going to bring everything. And I'm going to balance the scales out with my work. And if you are experiencing a curse today, you don't have to anymore. You don't have to. You need to let go of your efforts that you are striving so hard to maintain the persona that you have it together that you are blessed and you are not cursed. Come on, somebody. You can let go of all of that and receive the free blessing through Jesus. This is what is offered to you. But God set this up thousands of years ago for the Jews to understand and everybody else to understand this message. We are to understand it. We are to receive it and then have the scales of our life balanced where I no longer live under a curse. But it says, those who live by faith, we're gonna be moving people. If you feel like you can't move, it's because you're trying to balance the scale of your life like this. You got no time to move. Because Jesus isn't a part of it. I got work to do, so this is what you're doing. All my time is spent right here. And your your efforts and trying to fix your life and, and it's taking all of your time and you don't get to look up because, man, you got work to do. And I can't think about you because, man, I got a lot to fix in myself. Can I tell you, I have so much to fix about myself. I labor in this message every time I preach it because it's so hard. It's impossible, actually. You literally have to get to the end of yourself where you're like, I quit. Like, Right, Tate? Like, I just, I don't know. Just help me because I can't do anything. I want to illustrate this as I was studying this. I had an experience with my kids and I want to show you a video and then I want to explain it. But here's another picture of what this looks like. It looks like Jesus is a little bit more than this. Uh, And I pray that this brings it full circle into another experience about what I'm trying to say, because I I believe some of us need to continue to, to receive some revelation about about what this looks like, but look look, look at this. Look at what happens uh, in my in my uh, kitchen. What did mommy made for you? A tent. A tent. And what happened to it? Jp destroyed it. Jp, you destroyed it. <laughs> okay. What are you gonna do? I'm, I'm gonna build it. You're gonna build it. Yeah. Okay. Get get going. Okay. So I don't know how. <laughs> You don't know how? The best you can? No. Well, you better try. No, I'm not. Do you it can't... now or you are not getting ice cream. <laughs> Chocolate ice cream. Oh, I put it up. I got to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> okay, well, keep going. <laughs> I don't know how. You don't know how? <laughs> so what are you going to do? But I'm not. You're not doing it. So you have, the guys have to help me. Then, the, then you aren't gonna be able to come in. <laughs> so, are you gonna help him? Yeah. No. Nope. Why? Because he decided to throw it down, so he has to pick it up. Is it? Do you, does this speak to you? Do you see it? I, I, I see the Pharisees and Jesus. So the people who tore. The law down and couldn't maintain it, came to the ones who felt like they could, you know? And they're like, I mean, you tore it down. you got to build it up. They wouldn't lift a finger to help him. And in fact, if you don't build it up, you're not going to get chocolate ice cream. I got to do it, right? Like, I got no other choice. Chocolate ice cream is the greatest thing in the world. He's like, starts to try it. And then he lifts it as high as he can. And he realizes, like, look, I got, like, a long way to go. I can't do this. I can't do it. You got you to gotta help me. No, we're not going to help you because guess what? We didn't tear it down. Anybody? I come to church sometimes, you just feel like, man, you're the only one who tore it down. And we all did. We all did. Beware of somebody who tells you how to fix it and doesn't point to the one who fixed it. Super dangerous, pervasive message of the day. Life coaches will tell you how to get to your destiny. Be careful, your destiny is hidden in Jesus. Your destiny is made for oneness with God. And if your destiny is somewhere on this earth you are shooting too low, let's go higher. God wants to bring you higher. Thank you, God. And the promise of chocolate ice cream sounds so good sometimes, but it's not half as much as what God wants to give you. What did he say at the end of that passage? He says, look, how, what, what, what happened when you believe? He says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You are to receive the presence of the living God. And this is terrifying for some churches to preach because we don't know how to do it because it's by faith you come through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is poured out upon you to be transformed. You have no, nothing you could do. Well, that doesn't bring the masses in. That freaks a bunch of people out. And some of us who sat here for years probably have never experienced the Holy Spirit. So we're like, well, I don't really want to be at that church. I feel just like I'm not enough there. You know, like we're not enough here. And unless he gives us his spirit, we don't have anything. His spirit is everything. And that's what Paul's trying to say. And if you guys, if you guys want to make it something different than the presence of God, you've made it far less, no matter how big it sounds. It's all about the king. Let's continue in, and I want to show you the next part of the video that kind of finishes in what is If we build it, we get it. If you don't I build go, it, yeah. we get it. I build this so JP doesn't get to come in. Yep, I do. Huh. So, yeah. it's kind of close to what Mom did. I didn't see it, but I'm kind of close. That. Are you proud of it? Yeah, I'm very proud of it. There you go. I'm very proud of my work. I'm very proud of it. And you know who doesn't get to come in? The one who ruins it. Because I fix it. This is our human nature by the way. This is candid. I didn't script any of this with my kids, but I'm sitting there I'm like, wow, like this is like this is it. This is our nature. You see the gospel calls us out into a brand new nature to be reborn into a brand new nature. One that isn't according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You are set free from those laws. And if you are set free from those laws, you can't stand prideful at your performance. But if you stand by faith, you also are not broken by your mess. You get to stand in faith in his work. When you do this, it sounds almost counterintuitive. This is what actually transforms your life to move. Some of us need to be reminded of this blessing today, and some of us need to receive it for the very first time. God thought of this when he became a curse for us. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, for our sake, for whose sake? Ours. ours. I love it. For ours. Need to receive it. Ours. For my sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, never sinned, so that in him, what's that word? We might become the righteousness of God. Now let's go backwards. Go back to Deuteronomy 21, where God is laying out all these laws for them. God tells them this in Deuteronomy 21, verse 22. It says this, And if a man has committed a crime punishable by death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night on that tree, but you must bury him the same day. For a hanged man is cursed by God. You shall not defile your land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. So listen to this. Paul brings these people back to the law that they all want to observe. And he's saying, cursed was Jesus who got hung on a tree. There's the one who got cursed so that you could receive the blessing. And then he speaks that in Corinthians. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is what is ours by faith. And some of us today, I want to just invite you to stand up. Stand up from your misery. Stand up from your right here. I, I can't do it anymore. Stand up. Stand up. And some of y'all who are saying, yeah, keep going. I'm going to show you the way because I figured it out. I'm going to invite you just to stand as well, but to stand a different posture. Right here. Let's think about the cross today. And I just pray that God make this alive in our lives in the way that it needs to be because we all are united here Because if this isn't our reality, then we're not gathered in this room. Guys, if this isn't our reality, then we do have a lot of work to do. Really. And I'm really afraid if that's not our reality. If that's not mine, there's no hope for me. I just go ahead and admit it. I don't care. I quit. I really quit. I'm done. I was done at age six, you know. Done. But no greater pain has ever been experienced on any level than the hell that Christ suffered on that cross. None. You say, hold up. How do you know that? Because listen, it it says in 2 Corinthians that he carried all of our pain, all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of our shame. We've experienced a lot in this room, right? He carried it all. He was cursed by it. He became the curse for it. Some of us are still carrying those things. would you you let him be cursed for you? Because he was, that's the truth. Allow that to be the curse for you, okay? Listen to this. Here's why it's so painful. Think about this for a second. If one of you guys come up to me after the service and you say, hey, I don't ever wanna see you again. I'm gonna go, dang, (laughs) okay, that hurt, right? That was painful, I just don't, you're like, I just, we're done. We're through. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But if my wife came up to me and she said, I'm done with you. (gasps) What? After all we've been through, we've had so many experiences together. You're just gonna be done? Like, I mean, we have labored together through a lot. We've had, we have four kids. You're just done? You see, what makes it so much more impactful is the time that we've had together, the experiences we've suffered together through. And think about the person of Jesus, eternally with his father, perfectly one. And so the words as he's on that cross and he becomes the curse for us because his father loves us so much, says, I'm willing to forsake my son and look the other way because my eyes can't look at the curse he's become. I've made him to be sin who knew no sin. I've made him the sin for the ones that I love. Can you experience the heartbreak as he looks out and says, Father, why did you forsake me? Why have you turned your back? Those words have more weight. He had eternity with his father. But do you know why he did that? To become a curse for you, to be cursed for you, so that you never had to live under the curses anymore. You could receive the blessings that he offers you. The blessing that he offers you is his presence. And some of us don't feel enough to be filled with his presence. Do you know why you're enough today? because of the cross. He made you enough. So by faith, we move in that. The posture of receiving. And I've never done anything to earn it. Jesus made me well. Jesus blessed me despite my curses. But I don't live in curse anymore. I live in blessing. Would you step out of curses and begin to live in blessing? When you do, you'll find you begin to extend blessing. It's amazing how it works. I want, as we respond today... I set up just a way for us to move. And I think movement helps me. Like, it helps me. And if you went to any services where we focus on the cross, a lot of times you would nail something on a cross, right? Anybody ever gone to a service like that? I'm not opposed to them. They're fine. Uh, I can can recognize. But here's, here's what I started thinking about. I think the thing that I nailed up five years ago, I'd probably nail up again. Or I could have nailed it up a couple years ago. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of cycle. I'm to put my same thing up there. I want to let the cross stay empty because it is empty. Because the curse was poured out a long time ago. I don't need to hold on to them anymore. At the cross, we need to receive something. And so under this cross, I've, I've put down the blessing that we're to receive at the cross. And as we sing this song, I'm, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit move uh, and give us revelation for what this actually means in our life. And as we move today, I'm I'm just believed by faith that God's gonna do some incredible things in our lives. But I wanna move. I wanna stand from my chair as a symbol of some of us are down here, I can't. And some of us are over here, you should, you know? I wanna drop my hands. I wanna move all of us because it's level playing field at the cross and we all have to move here. Are we all under a curse and we take the blessing and ask as you take that paper back, and you sit down and you look at the blessing you received, would you just ask him, Father, show me what this means to me. Help me understand it. Help me receive it. Help me have revelation. And help me to receive the blessing and not live in curse any longer. I believe God's gonna meet you right there. This hymn was written in 1864. And it says this, and it's called, It Is Finished. Lay your deadly doing down, down at Jesus' feet. Stand in him and him alone, gloriously complete. Father, would you make this our reality? Help us to... (laughs) begin to grasp that a little bit deeper today. And Lord, I pray for the freedom to lay our deadly doings down, down at your feet. Because Lord, you're not still on a cross or you're not still in a tomb, you are alive today. And you desire to bring that life to us in this room. Thank you, God. Lord, I pray that you would Wake up dry bones to the life they were made to live with you. Pray this in Jesus' name.